Dudes and dudettes, welcome back to The Anxious Truth. This is episode number 160160. It's June 2021, and today we're going to answer that age-old question, how can I be sure that this is just anxiety? And I get That question gets asked every single day in my social media community. How can I be sure that this is just anxiety? We're going to answer that today. Before we do, you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to point you at my book, which is also called The Anxious Truth, just like this podcast, a step-by-step guide to understanding and overcoming panic, anxiety, and agoraphobia. If you want the answer to the question, how can I be sure that this is just anxiety, that book that I wrote will actually help you answer that question experientially. It is written sequentially, logical, logically as a step-by-step, almost a course in how to recover from your anxiety disorder. I set out to write what I think is a useful recovery tool. And by all accounts, I did that. I'm incredibly uh, proud of that. It's helping a lot of people. So you can find it on my website at theanxioustruth.com slash recovery guide. Check it out. And if you have it already, and you're reading it, and you're using it, and you're loving it, then uh, maybe take two seconds, head on over to Amazon and write me a review. It'd be greatly appreciated. I appreciate all the support you guys give me. I really do. It means the world to me. So let's get into this. We're only 90 seconds into it. And I'm going to, I promise, I'm going to try and make this shorter today. I really am. I got to make the summer podcast just a little shorter. Maybe keep them to 15, 20 minutes. I know I say that all the time and I wind up rambling for half hour. But let me see. Let's see if I can accomplish this goal today. So the question of the day is, how can I be sure that this is just anxiety? It gets asked every single day in my social media community, every day without fail. Someone will say that. How could tips for being sure? How can I be sure that this is just anxiety? Here is the uncomfortable answer. You can't. You cannot ever be 100% sure that it's just anxiety. I know that's not what you want to hear, but hang in there. Hang on to that for a second. And let's start from the beginning of what someone's anxiety disorder journey sort of looks like. Because we do have to like predicate this on a few steps and, and, and sort of like the stages of disorder and recovery that most people follow before you get to that conclusion, oh, I can never be sure. So here's the way this works. In the beginning, everybody kind of thinks that there's something wrong with them, right? Everybody thinks there's something wrong with them. I'm having a heart attack. I'm having a stroke. I'm dying. I'm going to pass out. I'm going to fall over. I'm going to vomit. I'm going to be incapacitated. I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to have a psychotic break. I'm going to go insane. I'm going to lose touch with reality. I can sit here for the next 10 minutes and probably reel off the fears that people have. These, these like really scary sensations and these really scary alarming thoughts, they must mean that something is really wrong. And that really wrong is going to lead to one of these disasters, either death or physical or mental incapacitation. That's, that's 100% common. Like everybody goes through that. That's the beginning, right? You don't know what it is. And you're assuming that something is really wrong. That's how I started. I had no idea what a panic attack was. No one ever told me about it. And so the logical thing that you do is you start to treat the symptoms. Something must be causing this sensation. Something must be causing it. It must mean something. Something must be causing me to feel this way and think this way. So I better get it checked out so I can find out what's wrong so I can stop the disaster from happening. Right? And we start to go from doctor to doctor, maybe a therapist here and there, and we, we bounce around getting test after test and running for help medically every single time that there's a problem for quite a long time. We go to the emergency room, A&E, you guys call it in the UK, and we, we need to be rescued from this thing that we're sure is wrong. Something clearly is wrong with me, right? There's something wrong, and this wrongness is dangerous from a physical or mental standpoint. So we all start that way, and we all go down that route. 
where we want to rule out one thing after another after another? Is it my heart? Is it my brain? Is it cancer? Is it am I schizophrenic? Am I you know, so you want you, you keep you have a long checklist of things. Today, I think it might be this tomorrow, I think it might be this today, I'm afraid that I might be developing emphysema. And that's why I feel short of breath. Tomorrow, I might be afraid that I have some sort of heart defect. And that's going to kill me. The day after that, I might be afraid that like I'm actually developing signs of of multiple personality disorder. So you know the drill. You just you go down the checklist of things that you think are wrong. You, you're not going to believe that this is just anxiety, and that's okay in the beginning. That's okay. That's the beginning of everybody's journey. Like, no, no, this is, just can't be just anxiety. You don't even know what it feels like. Well, I do because I was you, but that's okay because we all started that way. You don't know how this feels. I know this is, this is different. I know what you're talking about, but mine is different, so something must really be wrong. We all go through that. And you get checked and checked and tested and tested and you seek reassurance and you research and you Google and you join internet forums and Facebook groups and you ask and ask and ask and you keep getting the answer. You get one of two answers. See your doctor, check this. Have you checked your magnesium levels? Have you checked your vitamin D levels? Have you checked your ascent? You know, are you taking fish oil? Are you, you know, all the things that get thrown at you? Are you grounding? Are you meditating? Are you breathing? Are you this? Are you that? So you'll either get buried in, in ways to actually address things that might actually be wrong with you physically, right? So things to ingest, medications to take, supplements, blah, 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 rituals to go through that are designed to address the physicality of it. I'm not saying that meditation and grounding and mindfulness are wrong. You know, I talk about them all the time, but they will be suggested to you as treatments for the anxiety symptoms themselves. So you're either going to get buried under a pile of suggestions about how to make those bad feelings go away or treat them as if they need to be treated. Or you're going to start to hear voices like mine, who will start to creep into that conversation and say, that's just anxiety, nothing is wrong. Nothing is wrong. That's an anxiety symptom. Nothing is wrong. Has it ever hurt you? Has it ever killed you? Has the worst ever happened? And your answer invariably is no, it hasn't hurt me. No, it hasn't killed me. But no, it hasn't. But no, it hasn't. But has the bad thing ever happened? No, but so that is the way this usually goes. So you start to treat it as if there is something wrong and try and treat the symptoms and the sensations and the thoughts and make them go away and make them stop somehow medicinally, holistically, herbally, mindfully, spiritually, whatever it is. It's not working. Then you start to hear voices like mine and you'll say, okay, yes, but yes, but yes, but yes, but. So there's resistance there. And underneath all of that resistance is this question, the question of the day in this podcast episode, how can I be sure that it's just anxiety? So the next natural progression is that somebody will kind of get to that point where they're like, okay, fine, I will listen to you, crazy person with a microphone from New York. You're telling me that I'm, I'm safe, there's nothing really wrong with me, and it's just anxiety. Fine, I'll entertain that. But how can you be sure? Tell me how I can be sure that you're right, that this is just anxiety, and I'm not actually dying or going crazy. Right? So the resistance to hearing this message that you hear every week on this podcast is based on that question. Like, okay, I, I hear you. But how can you be sure I need to be sure, or else I, I can't go down this road with you, Drew, I need to be sure. This is when you start to come to the bad realization or the uncomfortable realization that um, I guess maybe I can never be 100% sure. But Here's how we come to that realization. And here's how we learn to accept it and operate within that parameter. First of all, we understand that we're never 100% sure of anything in life, ever. Life is one giant series of uncertainties and unpredictabilities from the day we are born till the day they take us out of here. That is just the nature of life. 
and I talked about this in multiple other episodes, the health anxiety episode is a good example of this. We are willing to tolerate that or even ignore them. We will ignore most of the uncertainty around life all the time, all the time. We'll accept it, we'll work within it, we will ignore it, we won't acknowledge it, we don't care. Yep, you're right, life is uncertain. But in this thing, this I need certainty about. I'm unwilling to accept the uncertainty here. I'm unwilling to accept anything less than 100% guarantee that it's, that it's just anxiety. So first we start to realize that, that life is a series of uncertainties and we're ne we can never be 100% sure about anything that's just the way it is, like it or not. And then we have to start to look at, okay, everything is a, is a numbers game in a way. There's math. There's, I call it life math. I, I don't know. Maybe I invented that. We'll see. But when you're doing your life math every day, which we all do silently in our heads, and it's not really math, but I use it as a model, you make our decisions. And some of the decisions that we make are based on risk and reward propositions automatically, automatically. You know, like, uh, you know, before I go to the supermarket, let me look at the weather and see, does it look like it's going to rain? Should I bring an umbrella? Does it look cold? Should I dress warmer? Like, this is life math. Sometimes it's, should I climb this mountain or will I die if I do that? Right? Should I go hang gliding or will that actually harm me? Should I go scuba diving or is that a little too dangerous for me? So our life math spans a very, very wide, wide array of experiences from the tiny and mundane to the giant and like profound and, and possibly life threatening. And we're always doing life math based on risk reward, right? Risk reward, risk reward. If I dress, if I don't dress warm enough, I'll be cold, risk reward, right? That's the way this works all the time. So what you got to realize is that in the case of the thing that you are unwilling to intolerate uncertainty with, meaning your anxiety problem, the symptoms, the sensations, the thoughts, right, all of those things, you're unwilling to tolerate those, and you want an ironclad 100% guarantee that is absolutely anxiety, in that situation, your life math is way off the rails, way off the rails. So for instance, one of the common topics that's come up lately, like in my Facebook group, and if you go to theanxioustruth.com slash links, you'll see a link to the Facebook group and you can pop on in and try and join. So light your life math is way off the rails. And one of the topics that has come up is the topic of vivid dreams. And people have done the old like, I woke up, I had such a vivid dream, it felt so real. I don't know what to do with that. Does this is that common? Is that anxiety? Does that mean something's wrong with me? I'm gonna lose my mind. I couldn't tell whether I was dreaming or I was awake. This is an experience that every human being has from time to time. We have all woken up in the middle of the night out of a very vivid dream or nightmare that's very unpleasant, maybe scary, disturbing. And there's that time where you're kind of be between sleep and wake and dreaming and not, and you're not sure what's real and you're not, and you, and you're not just sure what's real. Are you, am I dreaming? Am I awake? Every human being has experienced that and does experience that from time to time. But in, when a person who's not suffering from an anxiety disorder, when they do their life math about that event and they do their risk-reward calculation and they decide what to do next, they do not, they say, well, is it possible that this dream either means something, it's an omen of something, it's telling me something, or it's, it's an indicator that I have some sort of pending psychotic break? Well, I think most people would say, maybe, but the odds of that being true are so low that I'm not going to factor that in. That variable has a near zero value, so it's not going to really influence the outcome of my decision as to what to do next. So I will get up, I will go to the bathroom, I'll have a glass of water, I'll shake it off, and I will go back to bed. Maybe the next day it will be an interesting story for me to tell at lunch. And that's where it ends. 
But for you, when you're in a state of disordered anxiety, when everything that you process and everything you make decisions on is driven by fear, 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 fear is the giant twisting machine and the giant magnifying glass. So it will take everything that you experience and blow it way out of proportion and twist it and twist it so that what most of us would say, oh, yeah, that's happened to me before. It's weird, isn't it? You turn into this is an, a harbinger. This is an omen. This is a sign. I have to be on guard. Something horrible is going to happen because I, I had an experience that all humans share. But my interpretation of that experience last night led me to believe that something horrible is going to happen to me. So the illustration of the vivid dream and the distorted way that you will evaluate that when you do your risk reward, what do I do next life math, leads you to this problem that we have. And the question of the day, how can I be sure it's just anxiety? So first you get checked and checked and checked and checked and checked, which everybody does. And you're told again and again and again and again by multiple professionals, this is anxiety, this is anxiety. Now you begin to sort of say like, all right, I'm going to have to entertain that suggestion. Maybe that's true, but I need an ironclad guarantee. And you're not going to get it. So you have to realize in the back of your mind, like, well, I can't get an ironclad guarantee in everything in life. But, you know, my, my assessment of this danger is, is so out of proportion that I feel like they're dismissing this really important thing. So your, your assessment there, your life math, can I, can I dismiss this? Can I dismiss the odds that there is a problem? No, I can't, because in my disordered thinking, my fear-driven disordered anxiety, that the odds that something is wrong are way higher than, than reality would have that be. So that's why you keep asking the questions. But are you sure? How can I be sure? Because your perception is so skewed and distorted by fear that you are convinced that you are literally being asked to ignore certain doom that isn't certain doom for the rest of us and wasn't certain doom for you before you developed this disorder, right? So think back to before you had this problem, if there was a before, you dismissed many things. You did normal, like non-disordered life math, and you made your decisions like the rest of the world does. And you did not allow yourself to be carried away by what-ifs that, that are really supported by very minuscule odds of being true. But now, the what-if, the what-if has been giving has been magnified, set on fire, and it, it is consuming you. So when you demand assurance, you demand assurance, 100% assurance that it's just anxiety. Because in your distorted, fear driven view, you are you're like somebody telling you if you're standing there, and you are soaked, because you're standing in the rain. Imagine I came and said, you're not wet, you're perfectly dry, you'd be like, you're crazy, I'm soaking wet. Same analogy applies. In this situation, in your mind, you are soaked to the bone. You have been standing in a hurricane getting rained on. In your mind, that is what you perceive because of the, the twist and the magnification, the distortion of fear and anxiety. And here's somebody like me rolling around saying, you're, per you're, you're not wet, you're dry, you're bone dry. And you're like, you're crazy, I'm clearly soaked. But I'm looking at you and I do not see the rain. I do not see you soaked to the bone. I do not see you waterlogged. Nor does anybody else around you. But you see it. And that's why you resist so much the assertion that it is just anxiety. So to, to bring it around here and put that all into context, when you decide I must have assurance, how can I be 100? Tell me how to be 100% sure. I'm going to tell you, you can never be 100% sure of anything in life, including is this just anxiety? But what we can do is do life math that includes I've been checked by four GPs, 
multiple specialists, been to the ER or A&E six times in the last six months. I have 8 zillion people telling me that they used to have this problem too, and they were perfectly fine. It was just anxiety. I'm reading all of this, this stuff that supports that claim. So I'm going to have to rely on that. And I'm going to do new life math. Even though I don't want to, I want to do my own life math, I want to do fear driven life math, I'm going to have to accept that I'll have to discount my danger variable and plug Drew's into this, or whoever, your therapist, your Facebook group, your support people, whoever is, is, is trying to tell you, no, it's just anxiety, right? You're going to have to plug our variable into your life math. Our danger variable is based on reality. Yours is not right now. And mine wasn't either. So remember, I was you. Mine was not either. Like I had a crazy distorted danger variable that skewed all of my life math and made me make all kinds of avoidant and retreat decisions that made my life horrible, right? So how can I be sure that this is just anxiety? You can't until you stop trying to be sure. And then you will be sure enough. So here's the big climax of this episode. You will never be 100% sure that it's just anxiety. That's not possible. But you will learn by acting as if it's just anxiety that you can wind up being sure enough. And sure enough is a really powerful, powerful concept. You don't need to be 100% sure today that it's just anxiety. You just have to be willing to be courageous and act as if it's just anxiety. And then you will wind up being sure enough, which is the way all of us live our lives every day. We are sure enough that we will take action that is not based on magnifying minuscule danger into certain doom. All right? So that's not bad. 17 minutes, 18 minutes. I think I did all right. And that included like a one-minute book plug in the beginning. So I know I threw a lot at you in a short amount of time, but this is an incredibly important concept. How can I be sure that this is just anxiety? You can't until you act like it's just anxiety, and then you can wind up sure enough. And in the episode that I did with Sally Winston, where we talked about reassurance and needing to know for sure, her and Marty Seif wrote that book, Needing to Know for Sure. It's a great, great, great book. It's on, if you go to theanxioustruth.com and you click on the bookstore link, you can get it there if you want. And when you get it through me, we raise money for the Anxiety and Depression Association of America. But that's a great book, Needing to Know for Sure. She talked about that. And in the book, they write about that. Most of us live our lives every single day. We make decisions based on being sure enough. And the famous example that they give in the book and that and, and Dr. Winston gave in the podcast episode was, if your friend says, hey, meet me for lunch, you say, okay, great, I'll see you at one. You don't say, I'll see you at one unless I get hit by a bus. I'll see you at one unless a meteor destroys my house as I'm in the shower. I'll see you at one unless I develop some sort of life-threatening disease between now and then. You don't say any of those things because you do not factor those possibilities in. I am sure enough that I will, in fact, see my friend for lunch at one. And that's how we live our lives. And when you take that leap of faith and you are courageous and you are willing to act as if you are sure that it is just anxiety, you can bring that life math back into its normal, natural, realistic frame. And now you start to live being sure enough. Life is a risk every single day in some way. And we learn to live inside that risk. We tolerate it. We understand that most of the risks are so small that they're negligible. And that's how we operate. So you have to start to work 
that way, even though you're afraid to work that way, so that you cannot be assured and 100% sure that it's just anxiety, that you can be sure enough. And in the vast, 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 vast majority of cases, that is recovery. That's the way that winds up. I don't need to be sure anymore. I'm sure enough, just like I'm sure enough that I'm not going to get in a car crash if I drive three minutes around the corner to the dairy store to get milk. Right? So that is the answer to how can I be sure that this is just anxiety. The answer is you can't. You'll have to act even when you're not sure it's just anxiety. You'll have to act even when you're afraid. You'll have to find some courage. And you'll have to start acting as if you are sure until you learn through experience, you always wind up okay, that you can be sure enough. And that's how that works. All right, folks, 20-minute mark. I am out of here. Thank you for hanging out. As always, I'm going to play you out, as usual, with uh, Afterglow by my friend Ben Drake. You can find Ben and his music at his website, which is bendrakemusic.com. And if you are listening to the podcast anywhere that you can rate and review it, take a second and leave us a five-star review. And better yet, take another 10 seconds and write a few words about how and why you like the podcast. Because when you write a good review, other people get to find the podcast, and then we reach more people and give out more help. And that's why I do this thing in the end. That's why I do it. Okay, peeps, thanks for your support. Thanks for your attention. And I will see you guys next week. Enjoy the music. It's in these feelings that you never show. Yeah, you're doing fine. It's all around you. You can breathe it in. And this is where your story begins. You got the feeling that you're going to win.